you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. In order to show support, we'll need the help of some great advertisers. And in order to find great advertisers, we need to learn a little more about you. So please help us out. Go to PodSurvey.com slash Fantasy and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you a little better. That way... We can show advertisers just how great our listeners are. Plus, once you've completed the survey, you can choose to enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash fantasy. Thanks for your help. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Graham, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and our man, Graham Barfield. And uh, I don't know, I, I usually have some clever way to start the show, but I don't have anything today. You usually do a great job ending the show. I do. That's one of my favorite things. Thanks. Reading your show notes every week. <laughs> yeah. um, your, your one-liner, and it, it always it always draws a chuckle out of me. Oh, Even though you don't what? audibly hear it on the show, because I kind of screw up our recording, but... But I appreciate that. I mean, at the very least, at least you end the show nicely. Right. You know, I, I have to figure out something clever to start the show with. But I have uh, I, I've, I've worked on the end of the show, so that's good. That's good. I was always good. I was always bad at titles and stuff when I uh, when I when I wrote stories. So, uh, so there there you go. Uh, it's combine week, though. We have we have made it to. So is this the official start of draft season, or does that happen like with the 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 Senior Bowl? Shrine game. I think probably with Senior Bowl. It depends on how big of a degenerate you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I because, mean, like, right after the Super Bowl, you start seeing, like, crazy mock drafts. Yeah. So. Which, speaking of, I mean, you know, degenerates and right after the Super Bowl, have, have MFLs opened yet? I know they usually open, like, right after the Super Bowl, I but dra- I haven't, I haven't I seen a lot I know Draft has for best ball, but okay. I'm not entirely sure if MFL. They've rebranded it now. Oh, is it's, it? It's now under Fan Ball. Okay. So. So so best Shout out but, to Scott Fish. But best ball best ball drafts have begun. I I for for draft for best, in, you know, honestly MFL in the in the past I know they have started right after Super Bowl and a couple years ago I think I drafted a couple of teams right after the Super Bowl and then I got to August and I'm like these teams are trash. Well <laughs> 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 that that is degenerate right there man. Like, <laughs> it was pretty good actually a couple years ago I think MFL did this where if you drafted a team in February and you had like a couple players on your 
team just die mm-hmm. as a course of the NFL offseason roll. It happens. It happens. Right. They they actually credit your account. It's oh. pretty cool. But yes, it, do, it does look like 2019 best, leagues are open. Yeah, best ball wow. tens. So they rebranded it from MFL tens to best ball tens. And I gotta admit, the uh, investment with Fanball looks looks pretty good. Again, good shout that. out to Scott Fish. Scott, shout out to Scott Fish. The the Scott Fish Bowl has become one of the bigger events on the fantasy sports calendar uh, every year. So uh, look forward to that again. Of course, Scott does a great job, um, has won all sorts of awards just for his his community service uh, as well. He's one of the good people out there uh, doing fantasy sports. Uh, Behind the glass, it is not our normal producer. Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire is on his way to Indianapolis. (laughs) We will be joining him later on this week. In fact, just a heads up, uh, we will have a couple of extra pods for you this week. We're going to do one on Friday and one on Saturday from Indianapolis, just kind of keeping up with what's going on at the Combine, and we'll talk about that plenty uh, on the show today. But sitting in behind the glass is Ryan Bartlett. Bartlett, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Honored to be filling the seat of Edward Murphy. I know. It's great to be a part of this. I've been uh, a fan from afar all season long, and it's cool to get in here. Very cool. Uh, Are you still – you are – you are one of our resident Chiefs fans, so have you? Has Let's he's... not talk about it. All right, well, that's the that's the answer to my question. <laughs> I, was, I was going to ask if you have gotten past it, but apparently not. <laughs> we will talk uh, about the combine at length, and then you know because you know, there are always guys that go to the combine who never quite make it. We're going to talk about some of our favorite athletes who we thought would make it, but never really did. But in the meantime, let's do some news. <laughs> Uh, because we have to, Steelers news. Uh, they won't tag Le'Veon Bell. They say Antonio Brown trade must benefit the team. I don't right. know. That's, that's all you need to do. I mean, all right. yep, like, obvious. <laughs> They're not going to trade him to the Patriots. They're not going to trade him. I, I would be surprised if they traded him inside the conference. Mm. Yeah. Get him out of their hair. Which, well, they could trade him to Baltimore if they don't throw the ball. <laughs> it is true. I mean, it is true. Hey, they do need about. a replacement for Michael Crabtree. I, I suggest that the Ravens are going to sign like sign or draft like four or five tight ends. Forget about the wide receiver position and just run it sixty times a game. I mean, yeah, I, whatever. They're not going to tag Bell, so he's a free agent. We've kind of talked about where we'd like to see him go. They're going to trade Antonio Brown wherever they can maximize whatever, so maybe it's the 49ers. You're doing the dance of joy right now if Juju Smith-Schuster is on your dynasty roster. Except, are you? I think you are. I mean, maybe. I think you are. I'm not, I mean, look, I, and I love Juju. I do. I love him. I'm not sold that he's the same level of productive without Antonio Brown there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's coming from a USC. I said alum. I love him. I, I think I think I think he's outstanding, but I, I do think having AB helps it. The volume will be insane if AB. Yes, AB's truly gone. I think that's the biggest thing. Is yeah, sure, the efficiency and some of the deeper stuff might not be there, but I mean he's going to see like 180 targets just because they'll have to. <laughs> All their. You don't believe in James Washington. All their best players are now gone. You don't believe in James, <laughs> you don't believe in James Washington. I mean, no no disrespect to Juju, but yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, James Washington ain't AB man. There you go. Uh, sorry, that's enough Steeler talk. Uh, but, Fabs, you, you mentioned it. The Ravens released Michael Crabtree. John Brown is a free agent. Uh, Willie Sneed was MIA for much of the season last year. So you know, they have this offense that they want to build around Lamar Jackson, but they don't have anybody for Lamar Jackson to throw it to. I mean, what are they – What are they, is he just going to throw dump-offs to you know, Alex Collins? That's a good question. I mean, Buck I Allen, what are they going to do? Well, first of all, sign Mark Ingram and just – just just go all in on the run. Just do that, right? I mean, unless you want to throw the ball 100 times a season to, to Chris Moore, I mean, like, 
this is what the Ravens, uh, uh, their whole offense, what they've done in the offseason, uh, it, it's, it's gearing towards an offense. It's going to be very fun to watch if you like the ground and pound. Fabs, this is now the third straight offseason. Baltimore has led the NFL in available targets. Every single <laughs> offseason. Right? I know. Every, every single offseason. We're, we're talking about, oh, my God, Baltimore has to replace 350 targets. Mm-hmm. They're doing it again. Yep. Again, I think it's 330 this year. Well, I, I, I guess I did just spoil it. You did. So. Baltimore, <laughs> Baltimore. Right Baltimore's on top of it. Of yep. That's wow. I'm very interested to see uh, what this offense is going to be with Lamar Jackson. It's going to be a lot of running the football, but they have they have no playmakers in the passing game, like none. Uh, Okay, sorry, Willie Sneed, but I I mean, but you're right. I mean, look, Willie Sneed had that one decent year in New Orleans, and and you know, but Willie Sneed got it. Willie Sneed caught a four four. Four balls for 40 yards in every game mm-hmm. basically this year, and that was it. That was it. Yeah, that so, was it. Guys, if you listen right now, the current receivers on the Ravens roster are Willie Sneed, Chris Moore, Quincy Adebayo. At Adebayo. That's it. Jordan Lastly and Jaleel Scott. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. How many of those guys you drafted on your fantasy I mean, team? I mean, Mark Andrews and I mean Hunter. Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. Why? I like Why see call he, him Hunter Henry. Well, because, <laughs> Hunter Henry. Hayden you can Hurst, get you, you know, can get caught up in like the Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I'm, I'm all screwed. Hunter up Henry. H's. All all the all the Triple H's in the yeah. NFL right now. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, it's, all good. it's it's not a good group. And yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson obviously his ability to run will keep his fantasy value semi afloat. But if there's nobody for him to throw the ball to, even that has a ceiling on it for him next year. So, uh Good luck, Ravens. Uh, I expect they're going to be busy. Here's the thing. There aren't going to be a lot of great free agent wide receivers out there. There's nobody that you can bring in as a free agent that's like, hey, this is going to be the guy. There may be a collection of, like, number twos, but there's no, there are no number one receivers. Of course, and in, in this receiver class, for what it's worth, I mean, I don't think it's – it's not lacking in depth, but it's definitely lacking in a top-end, clear-cut yes. receiver option, unless you really believe D- DK Metcalf is, like, well, next see, coming Calvin Jones. You see that photo of DK Metcalf? I mean, I – Where he looked like, you know – like the Incredible Hulk, I. <laughs> I mean, he's just a spe- he looks like a specimen. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking at the free agent wide receivers. I mean, Golden Tate, yeah, Robbie Anderson, um, Larry Fitzgerald resigns, so he's not out. Isn't there. Amendola a free agent? He might be. Go uh, get him. You know, does Bryant is still out there, guys? Randall Cobb, Demarius um, Thomas coming off of injury, Pierre outside Garcon. Of, outside of John Brown, it's really just a bunch of slot guys. Golden just, Tate, yeah. I mean, Golden Tate's awesome, but I mean, he's still getting. Yep. Better. I mean, and he he never fit in in Philadelphia. I don't know that he makes a huge impact if he were to land somewhere like Baltimore. So I hey, there know. there is a a former top ten overall pick out there, Kevin uh, White. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No. we'll talk about a guy that I just I, I held on to him on my dynasty roster for a couple of years, hoping that it would happen, and it just it's not gonna happen. No, it's just no. not gonna happen. Nope. Uh, one wide receiver who is not a free agent and probably isn't going anywhere anytime soon, is Adam Thielen. His agent says he is not the type to hold out for a new deal. So I guess that's just one worry off our mind, right? Like Adam Thielen is going to be back, and he's going to be absorbing, you know, 150, 160 targets, and uh, well, all will be right with the world, right? Well, he should. I mean, Rick Spielman got him on a nothing deal. He's on a four-year deal worth less than $20 million, and you can make the argument that Thielen was the best receiver in the NFL for the first eight weeks of the season. Like yeah. He was. Yeah. I mean, if anybody should hold out at this point, it should be him. But that's great to hear. I mean, at least we don't have to worry about it. I guess. Right. I mean, you know, look, he. It, it's obviously everybody knows the story. He went to a small school in Minnesota. He's staying home and playing for the Vikings. So I would imagine 
he seems like the kind who would give them the hometown discount. In, in his first eight games, he averaged nine catches, 115 yards, and scored six touchdowns. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. How old do you think he is? I want you to, you guys to guess. Who Adam Thielen is, I'm going to say 27. Yeah, so I was thinking like 25, 26. He's 28. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was. In, he's a late bloomer, man. Wow. I didn't realize it either. I just I just said that because well, he was also he had also had been in the league for a couple of years before yeah. he finally you know blew up. Yeah. So, um, but hey, well, good for him. Uh, there was some there was some kicker news. Actually, there is kicker news. Cody Parkey uh, expected to be out in Chicago. There was some thought that maybe Robbie Gold would leave the 49ers and go back to Chicago to take over Parkey's spot, but the Niners said no, sir. They have franchise tagged. Uh, Robbie Gold. So they're going to hold on to their kicker, and hey, why not? Uh, the guy's been great for a long time, but that means the Bears are still on the lookout for a kicker. Meanwhile, Chris Boswell, who had a shaky year for the Steelers, is going to have to compete for their job this offseason. So, hey, we got kicker news. I don't, I really don't know what to make of it other than, hey, we got to wait and see what happens, but kickers, man. Boswell's like always ranked among the top five or ten kickers uh, and has rarely actually met expectations. <laughs> I think it's because the Steelers score yeah. so much that everybody figures, oh, he's going to get chances. Yep. No, no. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, he just, I mean, he hadn't been accurate. Uh, and there, there was, there was talk around the league this past season when he was missing kicks that he was going to be on the street. And, um, uh, yeah, he, so I'm not surprised about he, this. Yeah. Like the kicker version of the yips. It looked like in mm-hmm. the end of the year, mm-hmm. but Robbie gold, man, he does not have the yips. He is no, that's solid. He is solid. He stuff. is solid. Yep. And, He's also a fantasy football fan. Is he? Yes. It's good. All right. I always like hearing that. Yeah. The Steelers are the Steelers like the worst good team ever. <laughs> They're so bad at being good. <laughs> like, like they, they they win kind of like in spite of themselves, right? Like you know they have unhappy stars. They have a kicker that can't you know succeed. Uh, you know, their quarterback runs his mouth on radio all the time, and yet somehow they're, they're always in the race for the playoffs. They really are like the, they're like the worst good team ever. It's, well, it's the, there's there's some moves that this team can make, and there's some money that this team can spend because they have it. And uh, of course, I'm you know talking about potentially trading for uh, Mr. Big Chest. <laughs> he goes to San Francisco, and you've got McKinnon coming back off the knee. Who knows what he's going to be? You could end up seeing a committee there with Matt Breida. Uh, two guys who aren't exactly very durable, but in good spots to succeed in Shanahan's offense. You put A.B. into that mix, and you've got Marquise Goodwin there. You've got Dante Pettis, who at this point is probably one of those deep sleeper types, depending on what the Niners do. Garoppolo's coming back from the knee. There's some there's some potential there. There's Mr. some potential there. Mr. Big Chest. I think I'm going to call him Milk Mustache until he, decides to, <laughs> until he decides to get rid of that thing. I think that's a better nickname. You're still so tilted about I'm, that. It's just awful. <laughs> it's awful. It really is bad. It's yeah. awful. I'm going to just call him Milk Mustache until he changes it. So there you go. That is pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. Hey, so you might have heard the Combine is getting going this week in Indianapolis. The yearly, uh, I guess the job interview, if you will, for prospective NFL players. And, you know, I, I know that there are mixed feelings. People have mixed feelings about the Combine and what this means fantasy-wise, whether or not, you know, it's something that you should put a lot of stock into. And, you know, I, I, we can go on and on about that. But, Graham, you've done a lot of work around this, especially, you know, I know you, you've done your yards created thing, uh, your metric there. 
you've actually taken a look at what drills translate potentially to success at the next level. So for the folks out there who are just sort of, you know, getting into this thing and kind of wanting to know more, which things should people be paying attention to in the next few days? Um, so I, I'm with you about the, the kind of philosophical debate if the combine matters. I am of the mind that I think it certainly matters. Um, I just don't think it's a common sense question to think um, that athleticism doesn't matter in athletics. I think standardized the, the combine, if nothing else, has given us kind of the standardized test for athleticism. And in the NFL, I think that has given us kind of barometer of how to treat different players. Um, but for skill positions and scoring fantasy points, the thing we all care about, the combine is very, very, very noisy. Right. Um, and especially so for receivers. Um, I'm certainly not the first or the smartest uh, to do any sort of analysis on this, but I just look at it from a holistic fantasy point perspective. Like, who earns attempts, who earns targets based on the combine? And pretty much for receivers, nothing matters. <laughs> um, I, I have not found any signal. Um, I have I know there have been other sharp analysts that have pointed to the same thing um, and found some of findings there's just not much for receivers that really matter but for running backs and tight end the combine really does matter and it's kind of the things that you would think would matter for running backs it's really just weight 40 time and three cone um are the three predictors of future success and future opportunity and for tight ends it's more of a holistic view and i think it makes more sense since tight end is i think the hardest position to learn outside of quarterback right. in the nfl yeah, well, that's. I mean, I think that that goes a long way toward explaining why it takes tight ends usually a couple of years to develop from a fantasy perspective, especially. Well, well think about it. I mean, they've got to learn blocking. I mean, they've got to learn you know different ways to line up in terms of their technique for based on the blocking scheme. But then they've got to learn the playbook. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, I, I think athleticism for for tight ends, it's really multiple drills that matter there. But it's really the burst drills and the forty times that matter. But for receivers, I think are the by far the most interesting discussion here from a philosophical discussion or excuse me, a philosophical standpoint. Um, because, I mean, I guess for, for receivers, it really does just come down to, like, what did they do in their final few years? And, like, Matt Harmon's reception perception uh, metrics have kind of shown this too, but, like, it really does come down to just, pri- you know, production and route running um, mm-hmm. in terms of their combine drills. And I, I think final point I'll make too about combine drills um, and, and kind of, how athleticism matters too is um, I think as a whole, I think two people get caught up on one or two data points like mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook's bad 40 time or Dalvin Cook's bad three cone drill and kind of blow it up to this thing it's not meant to be. Um, I think if anything, just take the combine for what it is, man. Like <laughs> It's fun. It's dudes running out around in, in shorts and I not really doing anything yeah, football I mean, related. Like, and from, from like a fantasy perspective, like you can't blow it out of proportion. Yeah. I mean, like, is sometimes it's fun to watch, uh, you know, with the Babs. Be honest, kids. it is not fun to watch. Sometimes it's fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, come on, with, no, with with the forty times that kind of thing. Like you know, I enjoy that. Um, the forty is fun. The forty is great. Yeah, and they I make mean, it entertaining. You know, Rich Eisen runs the forty, and that's always fun to watch him do it. He does it for Saint Jude, Saint Jude, so that's that's tremendous. But to me, and maybe this is just because I'm like old school. I don't really see a lot of value in the combine when it comes from uh, to, uh, fantasy football. And, you know, a lot of the younger guys coming out now, like Graham yourself, you know, Mike Clay, guys like that. Uh, and there's so many talented guys, analysts right now. They're, they're, there's almost a crossover from, like, their their fantasy analysts, but they're almost – Oh, draft, draft Twitter and fantasy almost, Twitter they, yeah, it, are very intertwined. I mean, yeah. So um, I, 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 I see fault. where it's interesting. <laughs> I see where it's interesting to have some conversations about it. But 
there have been so many combine stars who went on to the NFL and sucked. I mean, I hey, I want to know where a guy's going. I, I want to know what he did in college. I want to know what the competition was when he played in college. And then I'm going to make my assessment. Here, if the, a guy ran fast like John Ross, I couldn't care less. Darius Hayward Bay couldn't care less. Here's the flip side. George Kittle was put on my radar solely because of the combine. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a fifth-round pick, right? You see Tom Brady run at, Very, at the combine? <laughs> did he run? He did run, didn't he? It, 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 well, it, it was it was running, I guess, kind of. But, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who didn't look like an NFL player at the Combine. Look at Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to the be Greatest taken. quarterback of all time. I do think there are some things to be taken away from it because I do think, you know, like Graham said. No, there, there are, are guys, some. There, there are, are some, guys. sure. Right, and I think, I think the, the trick is to not, like you said, Graham, not to get too much it's caught up in it. It's a part of yeah. the process. Right. It's a part of the process. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever percentage you want to put on it, if it's 50%, if it's 1%, um, I think just ignoring the combine is the worst thing you can do. Yeah, but yes, there I, are, I, I cer- mean, yeah, there I are, certainly wouldn't be ignoring it. Yeah. But I also wouldn't put a whole ton of stock into what the results are because just because a guy might just look tremendous at the combine doesn't guarantee that he's going to be tremendous uh, when he gets into I've, real game action at the NFL level. For what it's worth, I've made major mistakes with the combine in the past before. Like Calvin Ridley last year, I was a little bit lower on him because he had such a terrible combine. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of because he had such a shockingly bad combine, I kind of. You know what? A great I combine, will, Troy Williamson. I, I will say, I, I kind of for, I remember kind of, him. I kind of forgot that he was like, well, one of the best route runners coming out of college last year. I will just, say that the the combination. It's funny what you can. I do. mean, we, you know, we want to just talk specifically. Yeah, Calvin Ridley was a guy because of the fact that he had a poor combine, and going back and even watching a little bit of his games at Alabama, he had poor quarterback play too that year. And, and I just I looked at him. I'm like, I don't. I don't know. I just, you know, and I was not all that high on him. And obviously he had a great rookie year in Atlanta, but it wasn't, I, I didn't see it coming necessarily because of, the, again, the poor combine, the bad quarterback play. It just seemed to kind of hold him down a little bit. You remember one of the greatest combine performers was Matt Jones. Oh, Matt Jones. Remember Matt Jones? Yeah. Matt Jones was the man without a position. Arkansas quarterback mm-hmm. who became a tight end. And a wide receiver who, and really uh, didn't do – I think he had, had some off-field maybe, stuff that washed him out of the league. Maybe yeah. he had like one season with seven or 800 yards, and, and, and that was about it. Yeah, so. he he was like just as athletic as Calvin Johnson, which is kind of crazy to think mm-hmm. about it once you adjust for his height. What I'm going to do and what all of you out there listening should do is – because I'm not going to be there. I'm, I had prior commitment. Um, listen to Marcus. Listen to Graham. Listen to what they say. Buy us lunch if you read like. Read what they write because that that is going to be the information that you're going to or need. Or beer. I'm going to be do the same. Or thing. beer, even beer. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, 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 we'll we'll take beers. Um, so, but yeah, we'll be out in Indianapolis. We get in on Thursday. Uh, we'll be there through the weekend. So, uh, yeah, it should be fun. But in the meantime, let's at least talk about some of the guys that are going to be there that we should be keeping an eye on. I just did this. I did the top three uh, at quarterback, running back, wide receiver based on. Bucky Brooks's positional rankings. Now, if there's another guy that, that you guys want to talk about, we can certainly throw him in there. Um, quarterback, the top three, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, Drew Locke. Now, the question remains, will any of these guys end up throwing? That's always a big question, is whether or not these guys throw at the combine. I thought Haskins was expected to throw. I believe so. Uh, I don't and, know and Murray, Murray I don't, I don't know that undecided. he's going to. sort of undecided, it's but kind, I don't know. It's right. one of those things where, like, what do they gain? Like, they don't gain anything from doing it, and there's a ton of attention and cameras well, on the, them. And really, I mean, it can only be bad. It can only, it really can exactly. only be bad. I mean, there's just really not much they can gain from throwing mm-hmm. 
at the combine. And Haskins is projected to be the first quarterback to come off the board. Um, a lot of people have him go into the New York football giants there. And he was ridiculous last season. 70% completions, uh, over 4,300 passing yards, 50 touchdowns and eight picks. Not a guy who runs with the ball very much Not at a 1.4, uh, which is totally different than Kyler Murray. <laughs> who runs a numbers, ton. <laughs> runs a ton. So from a fantasy perspective, Murray probably is going to be the more attractive guy, uh, at least in terms of immediate gratification statistically. But Haskins is likely to be the first quarterback to come off the board. Which, you know, you talk about him being projected to the Giants, right? And, I mean, I guess it fits, but he is obviously going to have to sit because they still have this Eli Manning infatuation there. Mm. So he's going to be behind him, which I don't – look, I, I know there's another eternal debate about whether or not guys should play right away or yeah. sit. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like it's never a bad thing to just kind of watch somebody else do things and, and kind of figure mm. it out before you, you jump in. Um, Drew Locke is not a name we've talked about a ton. That we've heard a lot about. But this was a guy who, during his time in Missouri, threw the ball a ton. Um, last year – not as great, uh, just 28 touchdowns. He had 44 the year before that as a junior. But this is a guy who can stand back there. Uh, 6'4", 225, kind of a big guy, more of your prototypical sort of quarterback that I'm surprised hasn't gotten more attention. And maybe he will as we go through this process because I feel like like so far Haskins and Murray have kind of sucked all the oxygen yeah. out of the room. I think that's what it is. It's just the, the media and the, the headlines have kind of captivated around Murray just because he is, I mean, such a – weird rare prospect where he had to literally choose another professional sport over another mm-hmm. um yeah i just think murray's kind of gotten all the headlines i'm really excited to see if murray runs yep is he supposed to run i, I believe he's going to th- run this is always kind of one of those mishmash things it's kind of weird and murky like when no one ever knows um until like the couple days before another Ryan thing um, to to keep an eye on with murray is uh hand it's a bit yeah hand small. size twitter Hands I swear, stand up. This is your time. This yep. is your time yep. of the year. There, there, there's been a lot of talk about not only you know his height or lack thereof, um, and, and for the short people out there, I hope he goes out there and gets cut. <laughs> but um, there's also talk about you know his hands not being very big. So that'll be another interesting uh, note that comes from the combine. And you, you mentioned Drew Locke. So I don't know if this is good or bad, but apparently John Elway loves him. And John Elway has not that, been the best ooh, in terms that, of. I, I swear to God, John, <laughs> sorry, Drew. John Elway assessing quarterback talent as an executive. John Elway must go to the combine, right? He must just take out this tape measure out of his pocket, <laughs> and as long as you're over six four, you're good. You're good. You're good. What's all? Yeah, I'm just kidding. It's funny because it's like the 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 joke was always whoever had the best forty time. At the at the combine was going to be drafted by the Raiders. Yeah, so now say word bang. Now the new the new joke has got to be if you're a quarterback and you're six four or taller, you're probably going to be looked at by by John Elway. So yeah, uh, but I mean they they've got what the tenth overall pick. So I mean, it could be in the mix there. We'll oh, I mean see. Lock, Lock will be available there. Yeah, I, yeah, I no, do, right. I, I do I do th- I do think though that we'll see Murray and Haskins for sure. Like once all this dust settles and the combine settles, whatever. Right. Um, we'll see Murray and Haskins go top ten. But I, I am curious to see what other other quarterbacks can sort of make a name for themselves. If it's Drew Locke, uh, Daniel Jones, yeah. guy, Duke, Will Greer, who got a lot of hype at uh, at West Virginia. So I'm, I'm curious to see if those guys, maybe somebody else jumps out uh, over the next few days uh, in Indianapolis. Running back. Oh, now we're talking, Marcus. All right, here you go. Now we're talking. So Josh Jacobs, who was the headline name, now has a groin injury, so he's not going to be a full participant. So I don't expect we're going to see him run. I, I can't. I can't hear groin injury without thinking of Cheers. 
<laughs> Ryan, you know, remember Sam Malone? See, millennials, go out to Netflix and watch Cheers. It's literally one of the three or four best shows of all time. And Sam Malone, who tried to become a sportscaster after his days of being a bad pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, was doing analysis and singing, gr- gr- growing injury. Gr- gr- I, I don't know. Every time I – Bill Sedell. Remember Bill Sedell? Our, 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 our pal who used to do stats for us research, back in the day, yep. right? Now he's now he's in, uh, in, in Philly. Dude, every time we hear that, I know I'm going off the rest. Every time we hear that, I think of Sam Malone and that episode of Cheers. Uh, it was phenomenal. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Mark. No, I was gonna say. Well, he's not. He's he's probably not gonna run. Yeah. Uh, I. has got a gr- gr- growing injury. He's not. He's gonna be a limited participant here. I I still think he is the first running back off the board. I don't know that that necessarily changes. Mm-hmm. Such, it's such an interesting equation right now because we're. I mean, Josh Jacobs only has 300 touches, and now we're gonna go off a limited combine sample. Mm-hmm. Um, 300 career touches for, for, for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, he split carries his past season with Damian Harris there. so it and, is, to, and Tua, basically. It has just become, I mean, right now, a, a an Alabama running back, it just it's like it really is a revolving door, right? I mean, we've gone through yeah, so dude. many of these guys. Grant Richardson, you know, Derek Henry, Kenyon Drake. Mark Ingram, yep. Kenyon Drake. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've just gone through so many of these guys. And so it looks like uh, Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris are the next two up. Devin Singletary is another name uh, to keep an eye on. Bryce Love, who mm-hmm. I think had he not suffered an injury uh, during the season, mm-hmm. might have been a little bit higher on this list. And I think, you know, you talk about a guy who comes in maybe with a little something to prove at the Combine. Uh, a guy like Bryce Love, I mean, I don't know if he's if he's going to – how much he's going to participate or what have you, but uh, he's a guy who could potentially help himself out. So uh, I think he's one to, to kind of keep an eye and on. And one thing we're looking at, I mean, a lot of these kids that are coming out of college are, are those, those, you know, they're very, they're very three-dimensional. They can run with it, they can catch with it, and they can pass block. And catching the football now is more important than it's ever been from a fantasy perspective at the running back position. So uh, Josh Jacobs had 20 catches, again, limited time this past season because he split t- uh, touches with Damian Harris. Uh, Devin Singletary didn't catch a lot of passes last season. Um, he's got 51 total in three years at Florida Atlantic, and um, he's a guy who's also uh, reportedly a very willing pass protector, uh, maybe needs to improve in that. But he's a guy that I think people, if he ends up in the right spot, and that's what we always talk about. Like, you remember a few seasons ago, it didn't really work out, but Bishop Sankey ended up going to Titans. That was a perfect situation <laughs> for a running back to go out and thrive. He didn't do it, obviously, but that's what we're all looking at. We're looking at running backs who are going to land in situations where they're going to have the opportunity to be the guy right away. I always go back to Steven Jackson. In his first season with the St. Louis Rams, Marshall Falk was still there. Didn't really put up, start putting up his big numbers until season two. So as important as the combine can be to running backs uh, from an NFL perspective, really – what we want to know is where are these guys going to land and what the competition is going to be on the teams that they're, that they're going to be drafted on. Hey, so. Bishop Sankey's now on the San Diego fleet. So. Is that where he is now? Yes. And you know what? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> wait, I don't even – Graham, I don't even think he is – I don't think he's rostered in, in my fantasy football yeah, league. I don't think he plays. So <laughs> No, I, I don't think he plays. And, you know, <laughs> Hackenberg, Hackenberg got, oh. got, got benched been, for uh, Mettenberger. <laughs> RIP. Wow, so Hackenberg got – 
bench for Hackenberg for Mettenberger. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man. By um, the way, Trent Richardson is killing it for my fantasy football team. Other, uh, other in double AF. Other interesting note. Yeah. I don't know how much we'll talk about him, but uh, Evander Holyfield's kid is going to be at the combine. I'm really. Oh, is that right? I'm really, really excited. Running back from Georgia, Elijah Holyfield, who actually had a pretty good year, was over a thousand yards. Uh, you know, he took over after I, Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb left. I think he'll end up being a. He'll be a sleeper, I think, for a lot, a lot of people coming into this. And I think he's going to blow up the combine because he's a freak. Yeah, he is. He's definitely <laughs> athletic. For, I mean, you know, it, it obviously runs in the family, uh, the athleticism. But uh, Elijah Holyfield. I actually ran into a Vander once in Atlanta. He still looks like he could kick somebody's ass. That sounds like it must have hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he looks like he, he could still. Dude, I remember, wow. I remember watching some of those fights with him and Tyson. Titan biting his ear and – they had some battles back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. I, yep. I, I remember where I was the night I heard about the, the Tyson bite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was that was kind of crazy. Uh, wide receivers. And, Graham, you, you alluded to it. It's, there isn't necessarily one huge standout star at wide receiver, but a lot of guys who can come in and be contributors right away. Top of the list, since we spent all these weeks talking about Antonio Brown, his cousin, Marquise Hollywood Brown from University of Oklahoma uh, is Bucky Brooks's number one wide receiver. I uh, was joking with some friends that it's going to be really awkward when Antonio Brown forces his way out of Pittsburgh and the Steelers turn around and draft his cousin to replace him <laughs> at the wide receiver position. That that. Could but be he weird. now he's not participating at the yeah. combine, right? Because he's, he's coming off a list Frank injury. He's got he had list, surgery yeah. in January. Yeah, he's got list Frank uh, injury and. In- that's obviously huge for an explosive player like him. Brown yes. needs yep. his speed to get deep, and we, I guess now we're kind of in limbo. we got to hope that. The comparisons I've seen have been Deshaun Jackson. He's a Deshaun Jackson type who can he's, who who has speed and can he's not a, take the top off of not defense. Not a huge guy. Yeah, he's five yeah. ten. He's not. Yeah, but he. I mean, obviously the contested catch thing will be a big problem for him mm-hmm. in the NFL. But he's yeah. lightning, lightning fast. Uh, DK Metcalf, another guy who's gotten some some attention, mostly because he's of the fast as all heck. But also the photo that surfaced of him and a bunch of other receivers working out. Uh, a bunch of guys, you know, obviously no shirts, showing off what you know. Uh, what we don't have, but man, I mean, literally, he looked like he looked like a He-Man action figure. Like so, he looked insane. I, I always think of David Boston when I think of wide receivers who are like all jacked to heck. Remember David? Boston? Oh yeah, I remember oh, that. With David Boston had had a couple of good seasons in the NFL, but then I mean, he just bulked up like he, He-Man. He had a little bit of the special sauce. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he was drinking. There were a Space Jam special. Could sauce. be so. So Daniel Jeremiah um, suggests that Metcalf has a similar build playing style to Josh Gordon. And Josh Gordon, we all know. Um, I've seen that. I've besides, seen that. Comment. Besides the off the off the field stuff, super ridiculously I mean, just, talented his, his guy. His athleticism. He's uh, he's DJ's eleventh overall player for the uh, 2019 draft class. So. Uh, and the the third guy is Nikhil Harry from Arizona State, who has he is physically maybe one of the, the imposing wide receivers, six four, about two fifteen. I mean, he's got that kind of big, tall, strong build that you know, scouts literally just drool over. So uh, had an outstanding season in the Pac twelve for what that's worth. Um, he's like a he's like a raw prospect who's got a lot to prove though i mean like maybe comparable to like remember doriel green beckham like dude had all the size in the world and all the talent in the world but yeah i've just had a lot to prove and he never he never panned out yeah i, I would hope he's better than 
Yes, GB. you would think. <laughs> um, I'm talking about a big dude with but with just, a lot of upside. There's a lot of upside, uh, a lot of ability. The, the Sun Devils used him in any number of this, different ways. This receiver class is really fun. I, I've been kind of surprised to see people down on it a little bit. Like, we're, I mean, we just have barely scratched the surface here. But there's a lot of really different types of players here that do a lot of different things. There's kind of a different flavor for any type of receiver you want in this class. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a good one. I think that's and I think that's the, the big takeaway early is that whatever you're looking for at wide receiver, yeah, it's there. You will find it yeah. somewhere in this class. So that's that's something to keep an eye on. So we'll be out there. Uh, we'll be taking a look at these guys. We will uh, hopefully talk to some scouts. Uh, maybe get uh, you know our friend our friend Bucky Brooks. Uh, I think our pals uh, Matt Money Smith and, and Maurice Jones Drew will be there. Maybe we can get their take on some of these things. So we'll be hanging in and around Indianapolis, trying not to freeze. Uh, I was looking at the weather reports and. Um, not excited. I, I've been, I meant not excited. You, I meant to text you about that over the weekend. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're you're gonna be freezing. Not excited. Uh, so <laughs> there's there's small chances of snow. So I don't think we'll see much snow, but it will be cold. Get some yeah. of those hand warmers, Marcus. Yeah, uh, I think I saw the uh, the high for any given day we were there was maybe like 38. No. Oh wait, no, it'll be 40. It'll be 43. Oh man, break out the shorts. So yeah, buddy, it's gonna be great. Uh, so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Um, before we wrap up. Of course, you know, as we talk about the combine, there will be guys, uh, as Fabs mentioned, that you know, will have great combines that people will get excited about, and you know they may not do much in the league. So along that line, I really want to just like you know, just for fun, talk about guys in any sport uh, that you thought would be big time. Something happened maybe in their college careers or their rookie seasons that you thought, okay, this guy is going to be the next big thing. Uh, and then it just never, ever happened. So, uh, I don't know, we go around Horn. Graham, if you have the, a guy that you thought would be big that just never really caught on. Hmm. I think, man, <laughs> I, I guess it really might be Matt Jones, though, because he really is a freak of an athlete. Like, I, it's funny you brought him up. Um, while you're wearing a Jaguars sweater. I know, while I'm wearing a Jaguars By the way. sweater. Um, yeah. Scott Barrett, shout, shout out to Scott Barrett, uh, Pro Football Focus. Yeah. Scott Barrett, he loves Matt Jones. Uh, he has like a like a weird obsession with him. But anyway, he really was like a like a athletic freak. And I am kind of surprised, obviously, the cocaine and drinking probably doesn't help. But no. Yeah, no. yeah he, he was a uh, an athletic freak, and it does kind of suck. We didn't get to see a full, full career out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, perhaps. So I got a bunch like per sport, like okay. so, 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 like I start off with like basketball. I mean, Bo Jackson's got to be up there too. That's the one. I'm uh, yeah, but. man, that hurts. Yeah, but <laughs> I, went, I wanted to go chalk, but I didn't. Uh, so, so for hoops, I was thinking Greg Oden, um, and then Kwame Brown, who was basically like he's the poster child for why Michael Jordan should make personnel moves and. Um, that that could certainly be the the fate of John Elway if he picks another quarterback who busts. <laughs> um, in the NFL, um, uh, Ryan Leaf, who if you remember uh, that that draft, it was Peyton or Leaf, right? Mm-hmm. One guy soared to heights, Super Bowl championships, going to the Hall of Fame, broke all kinds of records. Ryan Leaf s- just sucked. I mean, he was terrible. He was great at Washington State, though. Yeah, he was it, ridiculous. Um, so we talked about Trent Richardson earlier. First season with the Browns, very productive. I thought when he went to the Colts, much much like most analysts out there, that this was going to be a new triplets and he was going to put up big numbers and then his career sort of tanked. But he's killing it for the Birmingham Iron right now. <laughs> and on my fantasy team. Uh, baseball, 
I'll always remember Brian Taylor because I'm a Yankees diehard, okay? Brian with an E? Yes. Brian Taylor was supposed to be like the next great pitcher. (laughs) At the time, the Yankees gave him all kinds of money to come and play for the team, and just he just flamed out. I mean, never never was, uh, was a factor at all. And then, of course, because I'm me and I love WWE, and Roman Reigns came back last night and uh, and told everyone that he was back from uh, leukemia. It's a remission, so God bless uh, Joe and good luck. Um, Lex Luger. Lex Luger, who now uh. if you look at him, you wouldn't even... Yes, so Lex Luger was supposed to be the next Hulk Hogan, right? And WWE brought him in, and he was like a narcissist at one point, and that character kind of sucked. And then they really got all behind him, and he had like the whole USA thing and... He was, you know, fighting Yokozuna and that kind of stuff, and they had him in a big giant. Remember the big bus they had, like the the whole Luger bus, and Luger never really panned out in WWE, despite the big push and despite all the talent that he had. So that's my list, and of course I had to get wrestling in there. So <laughs> wrestling in a Yankee and a guy who played for the Cowboys, Ryan Leaf. So it's pretty much right that. On, so it's pretty much on par. It's, yeah, uh, exactly. You, and, and hit all the base. <laughs> I tell you one thing though, there is a, Ryan Leaf was was part of a stretch, and I get crap all the time because I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm a Yankee fan. I don't care. I'm a, it's America. I can do what the hell I want. But the the Yan- the Cowboys had a stretch where the quarterbacks were awful. Like, we had Drew Henson, who also played for the Yankees and sucked. We had uh, Chad Hutchinson, Quincy Carter, Ryan Leaf. So don't give me that Cowboys fans don't suffer, because trust me, we've been suffering plenty over the last 25 years. I think the best thing I ever heard about Quincy Carter in the NFL was that somebody's like, he couldn't drive a Toyota 80 yards, let alone. (laughs) Well, you know what? (laughs) Bill Parcells got got him 10 wins one year. But, I mean, he was yeah second-round pick. Um. So I had a couple. One, the first when I when I thought about this, the first guy that came to mind, and this was this goes back to my childhood. There was a guy at UNLV playing basketball named Anderson I know, Hunt. I know exactly. Yeah, and number twelve, right? Wasn't yes. he number twelve? And like when I was a kid, when I was a kid, UNLV basketball was the greatest thing I had ever seen. Yeah. Not just the greatest sport, like literally the greatest thing. I mean, I was 11, 12 years old, and you know. I, I had never seen I had never seen a team like especially a college team turn off the lights and shoot fireworks when they introduced their starting five and they had Tark as their coach and he sat on the on the bench and he chewed a towel and they had Larry Johnson and Stacy <laughs> Ogman. Ogman they had a guy named George Ackles who didn't block shots he caught them he literally caught I watched him catch shots out of the air and they had Anderson Hunt who was just this wing player who was an incredible three point shooter who I thought really was just poised to be huge at the next level, never made it to the NBA. And, like, nowadays in the NBA where everybody shoots, like, you know, 53s a game, like, he really might – he might have had a spot in this in the league nowadays, never made it in the NBA. And that was the thing that always just kind of blew me away because I thought for all the talent they had on those teams, I thought he would be one of the guys to, to make it there, and he never really did. Those, those were – Larry Johnson, yeah. those were fun teams um, to watch, man. The Duke at UNLV rivalry. Yeah, uh, those were so great. Um, the other guy that I, I had in mind um, – who had a decent career, but not what I thought it would be. Um, Rocco Baldelli, who is now the oh, oh wow, yes. now the he's now the manager of the Minnesota Twins. This was a guy I you know some of you guys know. I spent a couple of years calling minor league baseball games on the radio, and I saw Rocco Baldelli play in single A ball in Bakersfield for half a season, and he destroyed that league. In fact, he was on the same team. With Josh Hamilton, who at the time everybody oh, knew Josh man, Hamilton yeah, was going to be, yeah. everybody knew Josh Hamilton was going to be a star. He was, you know, supposed to be the big huge thing. Uh, Rocco Baldelli was better than him 
and I, I watched him play, and I'm like, this guy is going to destroy Major League Baseball. And he came up, uh, and he was a, he didn't. I don't think he was Rookie of the Year, but he was close in the voting. Uh, and then injuries just kind of took a toll, and he was just never the same guy. But Rocco yep. Baldelli Man. was such a beast. I took an interest in him because number one, he's a paisan, he's Italian, mm-hmm. and he, a lot of people compared him. Like they they said that he was the next Joe DiMaggio. He was I mean, be the next he was Joe a D. tall, thin guy with power, with speed, mm-hmm. could play great D. I mean, he literally was a five-tool player, and just just a slew of injuries just kind of robbed him. Uh, of any of his real potential. Um, yep. And now he's the Minnesota Twins manager. So Bartley, you want to get in? Yeah, you got anything? Yeah, I got a couple that stood out to me. One being Peter Warwick. I mean, oh! Yeah. Yeah. This guy was a two-time All-American, the Sugar Bowl MVP, set the school record at Florida State with 32 touchdowns, which, looking at the talent, says a lot. And then he was the fourth overall pick going to the Bengals, and that was the last we heard of him. <laughs> uh, yeah. He was a guy that stood out to me. Also, there's Tim Couch, um, Tommy Frazier, Tommy yeah. Frazier, oh, good old number 15 from Nebraska, right? Yeah, yep. just the yep. legendary place. He had uh, Charlie Ward. We kind of know he yeah. won every award possible and then was a first-round pick for the Knicks. Yeah, yeah he yeah. never never played in the he, NFL. Yeah, uh, it's funny because while he was playing, I, I remember the joke was he, while he was playing point guard for the Knicks, people said he was still the best quarterback in New York. New York, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. yeah. Is, Char- is Charlie Ward really a bust, though? Because, I mean, he did go on to play. I mean, he played multiple sports at the highest like possible That's a good question. I, I would say an NFL. Level. Maybe a football. Yeah, bust. that's fair. Because he just never. But, yeah, he yeah. Never he, what, he was in the backcourt with Allen Houston and yeah. what Chris Childs for years Allen there. They had Houston. a solid backcourt. Um, a couple other guys to throw out there. Rocket Ismail. Oh man. Uh, then we switched to a, a local guy for me. Not too many people know, but he was a UCLA product. Jerron Rush in basketball. I remember Jerron yep. Rush. I grew up. Jerron and Kareem Rush. He had a, they were brothers there at UCLA. Ex- uh, Kareem went to Missouri. That's right. He did go to Missouri. And then they had a younger brother, Brandon, who won a title at Kansas. Mm-hmm. So the whole. But Jerron, growing up, um, used to go against his AAU team. The guy was unbelievable, dunking in eighth grade. I mean, it was it was wild. And then. The final guy to throw out, this is for, you know, my soccer fans. We haven't brought him up yet, but how about um, America's greatest player of all time, Freddie Adu? Adu. <laughs> I knew I, I just, <laughs> You guys said that simultaneously. It's so good. I just knew where you were going with that. Man, what did happen to Freddie Adu? Uh, he bounced around Europe for a little bit, played in some of the lower leagues, right? Oh, you mean he didn't go on to become the greatest United States uh, player of all time? No, but I do remember the hype with Freddie Adu. I remember that too, man. I have not thought like about 14 that. 14 years old. He was, yeah, he was really young, right? Yeah. He was, he was going to make soccer the number one sport in America all by himself yeah. is what was going to happen. How did that go? Uh, not so well. Not so well. So uh, hopefully that doesn't befall any of the guys that we see coming up this week at the Combine, although, you know, history says it's it inevitable. unfortunately will. So uh, that'll be interesting to watch. But that's it. We are done. We are out. We appreciate you downloading and listening. As always, tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, except for bears. We'll see you on Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 